Welcome to the WP Tonic This Week in WordPress and Tech Podcast, a roundtable discussion with leading WordPress and tech experts, hosted by Jonathan Denwood. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic in WordPress and Tech. To say this is a special episode, Tribe, and I've got a special panel, it's my hour 700th show, Tribe, 700 episodes. That should place me in the Hall of Fame for podcasting. Um, I am part of a small and infamous clique of podcasters, and I've got a great panel, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves. There are regulars and favourites of the Tribe. I'm going to start with a close friend, Sally. Sally, would you like to introduce yourself once again to the tribe? Certainly. I am Sally Getch, rhymes with Sketch, the WP fangirl. Uh, and <clears throat> I'm mostly here because people love my cats. Exactly. And um, I've got another close friend that uh, comes every month or more regularly. Um, got Heather, got Heather with us. Heather, would you like to introduce yourself to the tribe? Yeah, I am Heather Wild Renzi. I am the CTO of The Difference Consulting. That's great. I've got another great guest. I've got another great friend. I've got Vito. Vito, would you like to introduce yourself to the tribe? Yes, I'm Vito. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Adorim.io, where we help web agencies and freelancers collaborate visually with their clients. Oh, a superb pitch there, Vito. Up to your normal high standards. This man knows how to mix at WordCamps. He is a machine. Uh, um, I've got... <laughs> uh, um, and he managed not to get COVID as well, unlike most of the rest of uh, WordCamp Europe. Uh, um, I'm, the only uh, guy in, I'm the only person in my Airbnb that uh, is still standing. So, uh, Do you think you uh, would have spread that, though? Maybe. But I, well, no, we tested every day. You know, I, I was oh, good throughout. Right. You know, it's amazing, isn't it? Uh, I've got my friend Spencer. Spencer, would you like to introduce yourself to the tribe? It's Spence from WPLaunchify.com, and I've been here for seven hundred weeks. I don't even know quite. how that makes us. 700 weeks. It was about 200 episodes. You're not even halfway, Spence. You're not even halfway. I've been here longer than you. Well, no, 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 no. I remember way back when we were on, what was the other, the original? Google Meet. No, before Google Meet, when it was the podcast, like, I have it on YouTube. I still do that show of Thursdays, Heather. Actually. Anyway. All right. It's on Zoom. No, no, before it was that. on Google Meet before it was on Zoom. And then we had that before brief period that. on that short social network. Yeah. Uh, oh, yes. That, uh, well, yes, you're right. Blab. I met you on Blab. That Blab. was it. Blab. Blab. You yes, were flying Blab was after Google Meet. And um, you just came on my Blab, and I thought, oh, Heather looks interesting. Let's have a chat with Heather. Uh, um, um, so, <laughs> John. John, would you like to introduce yourself to the tribe? Yes. Uh, John Locke from Lockdown SEO and uh, helping manufacturers with search engine issues. Yes, issues. They've always got issues. Um, before we go into the stories of this week's show, 
I've got a couple messages from our main sponsors. We'll be back in a few moments, folks. Allow us to introduce you to Castos, our major sponsor. If you're looking to get into podcasting, Castos is for you. No penalties on the amount of downloads and the support, should you need it, is the best in the industry. Take a look at Castos for your podcasting solution. That's castos.com, castos.com. The importance of backing up your WordPress website cannot be emphasized enough. We use BlogVault to help us do this on a daily basis. With free staging, migrations, and on the pro plans, malware scanning and auto fix, BlogVault is the professional's choice when managing just one website or many. Go to blogvault.com and see for yourself. You seriously won't find a better, more complete solution. That's blogvault.com, blogvault.com. We're coming back. Um, I've got some great offers from some of our sponsors. I've got some great recommendations of plugins, services for the WordPress professional. If you want to get all these freebies, all you have to do is go over to WPTonic slash recommendations. So straight in to story one. And we've got a combination here, a couple of stories from the tavern the beloved tavern that supplies. we got RT Camp launches WordPress plugin compare project. I'm sure Spence will find this interesting. And then we had Elevator requires Stratic. Um, so let's start with Uncle Spence. So Spence, what did you think of the, I kind of combined them together because in my crazy mind, I thought they had some linkage. What do you reckon, Spence? Uh, I'm not sure I understand the linkage, but as far as this one, the I did see this when it came out, and then I, I obviously checked it out because I'm in this sort of focal point most of the time. Um, there's a comment <clears throat> to check out what's being done at the Hive, wphive.com slash compare. Um, I think they both do a good job with what they're doing. I think the Hive is a really more comprehensive and if I was going to do this myself, way I would do it. But although I compliment the people who did it, and I think it's a tremendous effort. I mean, it's really useful for what they did. It sort of feels like it's, I, I cannot figure out what any useful purpose of this is. Simply because it's not actually solving the pain that exists in the repository. The pain in the repository is that there are people who have premium plugins who need to get attention, need to give support, need to have a, a distribution channel that aligns with reality. And the repository is a flea market on Sundays that, you know, people show up in because they're trying to get some attention, but it's not really in alignment with the business models that are going on. So they both do a great job, but they don't solve that problem of, for example, how do you make WordPress into a more cohesive system that people come to and realize, ah, Here's all the things I need when I come to the store for what I'm trying to do. So it's nicely done, but it, again, like no no substance to solving the real problems. All right. So let's, let's talk about the tavern and then we can go on to Elevator. So, Vito, um, you were at WordCamp Europe. I, I, I presume you were watching Matt Manweg and the questions. And one of those questions was about the depository and how it's run. And he seemed quite adamant that he really was not interested in any 
changes really in that, which um, I can understand, but I do think um, paying um, premier versions for a security check for to get a blue tick that they meet certain coding standards and that money could be put back into the general WordPress ecosystem. I am a little bit puzzled why um, Matt's total resistance, but in some ways I can understand it. What was your what was your feelings about if you did hear what he said and about the present situation around plugins and that spent veto? So I think that um, there is a place for what is currently happening um, uh, in the space. It's just a bit of a mess, not inside the the, the plugin, uh, you know, browsing experience, but after, right? So that that part, once the plugin is installed, that's when uh, all hell breaks loose uh, with some of the plugin uh, authors out there. Uh, so that needs to be managed. I actually think that the that the browsing experience and the way that the, um, a repo is run is is uh, pretty good. I like the fact that it's all free. I think that it works nicely with the uh, WordPress uh, core values, um, and I also agree that there is a place for upgrade paths uh, throughout the the experience. Um, I don't think that it should be there. So the repo for plugin makers. So, you know, there's some like tiny features that people release for free, which is great, adds to the community and and this is awesome. But uh, if someone wants to build a business, then this is just a lead magnet, you know, it's another traffic source uh, that allows you to get people into your into your flow, um, which works pretty nicely, uh, to be honest. So, uh, yeah, I I get what he's saying. I I don't think that the, the repo itself should change. Um, and and um, if there is like an external, um, a, you know, um, a premium kind of a repo, I think that this can be done from a host play. Uh, so if someone uh, goes around and maybe even creates that as a plugin, uh, just that is uh, that is just like a plugin of uh, of all of premium plugins, and then do some kind of a revenue share with hosting companies. I think that could work really nicely uh, for um, this. Over to you, Spence. I think this is your next project, man. Here's the thing. I agree with your basic premise, which is that it works nicely. But the problem is there's some key things missing that are not adjusting to reality. Number one, the repository itself has, for example, the problem of featured plugins at the top that we've talked about never change. That's just unrealistic, unfair. It's it's not proportional what's going on. Number two, there is a very heavy-handed approach that has existed for 16 years to the forums and the repository where if anybody says or does anything remotely acknowledging that people want paid help or a paid premium plugin, they get slapped very hard. As a, I'm going to keep this clean for the 700 episode, but like smacked in the face. The third thing is there's no acknowledgement that the repository could very easily have a modern taxonomy, a modern grouping feature, a modern search feature, and a modern linkage feature that acknowledges that 90% of the people here probably have some premium thing to sell, and that since you found it here, this is how you group the things together that should be together and go get all of the links to buy the stuff. Whereas right now... It's pretending that we're all sitting around the granola, 
you know, dispenser back 10 years ago and doing this for fun. We're not. And so that's the part that I think is unfortunate because what has to happen is somebody has to create a fake free version of a plugin that's neutered in order to get in the repository. And then you have to tippy toe around the reality of like, hopefully you click the link to my website and I can educate you. But then you're still left with one other problem. My plugin works with 12 other things. I can't educate you right there in the in the actual repository which things should go together. You have to figure it out after you find me and talk to me or you do that through a third party. And I think that's just disingenuous about the reality. Right, Sally. Um, to be fair to Matt Mayerweg, he did, he did actually say when he was being asked some questions and answered this specific question, he said he wasn't totally against it being easier to buy uh, a Premier plugin and that experience. So he might not be totally against improving the experience, which what Spencer seems to be suggesting. Um, what do you reckon, Sally? I don't think it's outrageous. There could be some attempts to make it a little bit easier, couldn't there? Um, there probably could. Uh, it, it's, I mean, it's hard for me to imagine what the experience of somebody coming in is, but I think the aspect that RT Camp and some of these others have been attempting to solve is if you go to the repository and search for, you know, plugin for X, you get a whole bunch of results and uh, it, you may not have the experience uh, to, to know which one you should choose. And hence, you know, I think having a comparison tool like that within the repo would be extremely useful for those people who, who you know, have less experience. And I think that's a separate problem from the upgrade path. Uh, it might indeed be less intrusive to have a clearer upgrade path within the repo than to have the amount of advertising that goes into the WP uh, uh, dashboard, as Greg Hyatt uh, pointed out in the comments. Um, but on the other hand, after you have installed the plugin, uh, 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 you know, how much time do you go back and spend on the repo uh, uh, site uh, unless you're asking for support. And, you know, I think the fact that they have a support section, although it's, you know, not anybody's favorite thing to use, um, it, it, you know, people do get upset if there's no response to requests for support there. Um, yeah, I think in some ways, I think that the whole support outside of WordPress calls to be offered is a little bit insane anyway. So, Heather, um, I'm always puzzled why this is, this is causing so much argument because I could see some way where you could, in in search or in categorization, you can say have one section where they're all free plugins and then you could, depending on your search criteria, you could say, I just want to show paid versions and then you could have a, Another criteria where the plugin developer or company is paid for additional for the coding to be checked over and for, for it to meet a security standard, and it gets a blue tick. Well, the, the theoretically, it's supposed to be checked anyway. Yeah, but you know, 
Yeah, but when you get it is it is checked uh, pretty extensively, you know, and they don't they don't uh, accept uh, a lot of things, and they give nice suggestions back, and you know they're doing their work properly there. Yeah, yeah. but was, yeah, the thing is that after after you release it, or after you get approved, then you can do whatever you want. The next version is uh, is up to you, you know. But I think that yeah. the main issue is by having all of these like clump together. I mean, the average person that's searching for anything in in the wherever they're searching for them is not the power user. It's the so what they're really doing is is they're they're looking for something that I mean they're always going to look for the the featured things. They're going to say um, they're going to look for the ones that have the highest ratings. Um, and, uh, they're going to look for the ones that are the most recently updated. So, I mean, basically your, your ones that, I mean, they may, they may work. They may have been a smaller developer, um, that like created something five years ago, but it was solid. And like, I mean, it's the developer that does their check-in that creates really good code that, I mean, it's just like it just keeps working throughout every version, um, but may not have the money to be a featured uh, sponsored up at the top of the rankings. Uh, doesn't have the the time to go through the verification pro- processes. Doesn't have like I mean, so you're always only going to see those those big guys at the top, and it's just it doesn't solve the problem. So, John, to finish off, do you think there's any way the situation could be improved or do you think it's too hot to handle and it's best left where where it is, really? I mean, this is a cool tool, uh, and the way that it displays the information, it's easy to scan. So it's excellent UI. What I would like to see is something... It would be cool if there was something like this either on a third-party site like uh, this one or in the repo itself, but displaying information where it's uh, all the plugins that are within a certain category, like all the forum plugins, all the e-commerce side by side in order to compare them. Now, this one you can kind of like drop uh, or you can search like different ones and, and put them in there, but you still have to have a knowledge of, of what it is that they do. Um, the free plugin repo uh, the plugin repo is is a big reason why WordPress was able to grow. Uh, so putting some attention into that, I think, will only help the community because that, I mean, it is true. That is a big reason why. Uh, I agree with everything everybody said on the the free and the the freemium parts of that. Having a link to the the, the paid uh, versions of that because that's that how is how it operates in the real world right now. Yeah. All right. Let's go on to the next story. Um, I didn't know what, how you would react to this one panel, this um, Alameda buying Stratic. Um, I don't know if there's much you're going to say about it. I don't know, because it, it is some ways interesting. So let's start, start with Spence again. So what was your – do you think it's a – it had some element of interest, maybe. What was your reaction when you heard a, Stratic had been bought by Alamator. So uh, the I think it's husband and wife. It's Miriam and her husband, I think, right? So Miriam, yeah. and she she created this with some seed money 
uh, as a very specific solution, which is for some people, they have what is necessarily called a static site. I'm going to sneeze. So if you have a situation, and this is the most important part, kids, it does not have any dynamic content. I just posted something in Master WP about begging hosts to stop caching people. Most everybody actually has dynamic content. Dynamic content would be WooCommerce, would be a membership plugin, would be any conditional content that changes as the person goes through your site. But if you are one of those rare human beings that has like a publication site where nobody logs in necessarily, having a static WordPress site is interesting, but what a pain in the tuchus to make it. So what they're doing there at Stratic was saying, we well, can have the WordPress back end and make all the content. And it's just like a regular WordPress, except when it spits it out to the public, it turns it automatically into a static thing. So for a large swath, of Elementor's audience, which is, you know, doing graphical sites for, you know, static kind of customers. This is really a great leverage because they were one of the early investors in what Miriam was doing of, hey, now we've got a system that we can just deploy along with all their smarts and their team to get this done because we get 10 million going on 20 million users. But for everybody else, quite frankly, it's kind of a distraction because it's expensive ridiculously so for any normal person for no good reason because you can't benefit from it. But if you happen to be a big company wanting to do a static site and Elementor wants to attract you, this is a very attractive package and a team that's very well set up. So Vito, um, part of me thinks they might have bought it because they want they need some help about running a hosting company because they've got into hosting and maybe they found out it's a, there's a bit more to it and then what they, I just thought one. I just thought maybe that that's one of the reasons why they bought it to get some people in that actually know a bit about how to run a hosting company. Uh, do you think I'm, that's very far fetched, Vito? They used to run a hosting company before Elemental. Uh, so oh um, right, so they don't need, they don't need any advice about running a. It was like, that no, was totally wrong. They, they had like it's kind of a small type of thing, but uh, basically the I remember the guys there from uh, the Israeli Facebook groups like ten years ago when they were running a Pogo, which was like a a theme shop. They were creating themes and stuff in Hebrew, uh, and uh, and they were also offering hosting services around this. Uh, you know, you get the theme, but you also get the, you know, the hosting around this and stuff. So um, I don't think that that might be exactly the reason. And also, you know, they can hire people from AWS. Uh, everything is cool, you know. Um, so um, um, what I what I do see here is a cool opportunity for elevating uh, quick, um, basic websites for for Elemental Cloud, uh, leveraging like one click static websites for those websites that don't have shops. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't agree with Spez. I think that most websites don't have shops. Uh, you know, uh, even if you look at the WordPress market share compared to the WooCommerce market share, you can see that uh, uh, that uh, clearly in there. Um, but it, it does support, Stratic does support like ACF and all kinds of forms, plugins, and, you know, the, the basic functionality beyond the more complex use cases of WordPress, like memberships and shops and uh, these kind of things. 
so that um, it, it is extremely valid for other stuff. And imagine that this bundled up with the Elemental Cloud experience and you just build a website really quickly with Elemental without needing to know how to optimize this and all that because we did quite a few steps on our website that is built with Elemental to make sure that it is uh, nice and fast um, and cached in the right places, you know, because uh, I read your article as well, uh, Spence, about the hosting uh, that are caching the entire experience. So it needs to be cached in a certain way so that you can facilitate these things. But imagine that uh, for DIYers that are just building this website on their own and they can just click publish and it creates a static version of it. Incredible experience. Uh, so um, I do see the merit there. But I also know that the founders of both companies have been friends for a very long time. Um, they've been hanging out in WordCamps in, uh, in, in Jerusalem and in Tel Aviv, uh, you know, a, d- a decade ago. So they've kind of been working together um, behind the scenes, if, even if it wasn't kind of public. Uh, so I, I love it. I think that this is a, a good match. Uh, and uh, yeah, and I wish them all um, success with yeah, this. Yeah, I do. Uh, you know, she's great. Um, um, Heather, I heard I heard that she'd been trying to sell the company for quite a while. I don't know how true that is. I I just heard a few people say a few things to me, uh, and I just sensed that she was. It was. I had great belief in her. Um, I just, and I might be totally wrong here, Heather, I just felt they were struggling to explain to people what precisely they were doing and finding real market fit. But I might be totally... So what was your thoughts about it, Heather, if you got any? I mean, I think that it's it's a hard market to sell anything right now. Um, and if you can't... Uh, if you aren't clear or aren't good at describing what you do um, in like tangible ROI, which I've said before, um, like how are we going, how are you, how's the buyer going to make money? How do you make money? Um, then it's, it's a tough sell and it's a tough market right now. People aren't writing checks. So the, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's all I have to say. Yeah. So any so any of the other panel, you got anything before, or should we go for our break? If any, do you want to say something, Sally? Or oh, John wants to say. Go on, John. Oh no, no. I mean, I I think we should just go for the break, unless okay. Sally has something. Uh, no, no, I don't have any insight on this. It it surprised me when I saw it, and then I thought about it a little bit and thought, yeah, that actually makes sense. Um, Yeah, we'll see, won't we? Um, We're going to go for our break, folks. We'll be back in a few moments. Hey, it's Spence from LaunchFlows.com. If you've been looking for a fast and easy way to create powerful sales funnels on WordPress, then look no further than LaunchFlows. In just minutes, you can easily create instant registration, upsells, downsells, order bumps, one-click checkouts, one-time offers, custom thank you pages, and best of all, no coding is required. For as little as $50 per year, you can own and control your entire sales funnel machine with Launch Flows. Get your copy today. 
Tribe, are you trying to scale your agency but struggling to find time to work on your business because you're always stuck working in your business? Head over to focuswp.co where you can subscribe to an instant team of white label geeks and creatives to delegate to. Use code WPTONIC for a special discount just for the tribe. With Focus WP, you don't have to worry about hiring, firing, or any other HR nightmares. Just submit a ticket and your new team will dive in. Focus on what you love, outsource the rest. We're coming back, folks. And also, I want to say to any of the panel, we're probably going to go on for a little bit on this show. So if any of the panel needs to leave, when I, if we continue forever, please feel free. Don't I will not be upset. Uh, um, but also, I do a great newsletter. Uh, I probably will be writing it this week. I had a bit of break last week, but I was in Porto avoiding COVID. Um, Vito must, I reckon he was spreading it myself, but there we go. Uh, um, so, um, I'll be writing it today, today or tomorrow. Uh, um, and I write a, it's a tutorial and it's normally quite interesting. I even think some of the panel read it. Uh, <laughs> they're not nodding their head. Uh, um, but so please sign up, go up to WP tonic slash newsletter, sign up. And it will be in your inbox every Monday. Should be great. Um, so off we go on to the next WordPress story. And we had a few this week, which was great. Um, some great stuff I've learned from WordCamp Europe. This is from Master WP. So Sally, did you ever jo- did you have a chance of reading these words of wisdom about WordCamp Europe? And what did you think? I did read them, and I, I uh, was not following WordCamp Europe except for our slightly chaotic shock, shock horrors. Shock horrors. Um, uh, yes. Well, you know this business of attempting to make a living. It's, uh, uh, no, it's uh, so rough, uh, isn't it? Uh, yes. I mean, this is an ex- extensive review of um, several presentations. Uh, the one that struck me uh, uh, as interesting was. Uh, uh, the podcasting presentation and how, um, <clears throat> uh, you know, as podcasting is the future of WordPress. And I think that, well, that's kind of interesting because podcasting and WordPress have been going together since 2005. And it's actually how I got introduced to WordPress. Um, oh. But I think that one needs to have some caution about uh, uh, the numbers that are on that slide. So it's like, you know, well, 2019, 300,000 new podcasts, 2020, 885,262 new podcasts. Well, how many of those podcasts are still going? Because a whole bunch of people did things and started things well, in not only 2020. That, it's, not, it's not only that, Sally. It was quite interesting that you bring that up because podcasting, you know, what Spotify are tr- attempting, what Anchor... They're trying to take an open um, protocol like RSS feed, and they're tr- attempting to break away from that open, um, you know, and enclose it and then monetize it, which is totally the opposite of what WordPress, which is GPL and open source. So it was, I found that a bit interesting that they chose that, Sally. Yes, well, there have been people looking to monetize their podcasts pretty much since the beginning. I mean, every once in a while, you get this like surge of people getting into podcasting because they've got this idea that it's a, a get-rich-quick uh, tool, and it never has been. Uh, it it never will be. 
uh, most of the people who are actually making large amounts of money from podcasts were making large amounts of money from uh, uh, other things already uh, and uh, were therefore widely known um, and had a <clears throat> had a big platform. Um, you know, I, I, as we were commenting in the beginning, podcasting is hard uh, and continuing to do it uh, over time, which is what you need uh, for it to pay off for you, uh, uh, is uh, even harder. Uh, lots of well, people, I love podcasting not, and I love chatting with people. So I'm a smoozer anyway. So uh, Yes, yes. I mean, I think for some people it's, you know, it can be very enjoyable, but I like, you know, participating in the roundtable because I can come and do the talking and hanging out and, and so on. And uh, people can uh, hear my opinions uh, and alleged insight. Uh, but um, I don't have to do any of the post-processing or, or any of that. I mean, there, there is a lot of work in it. Now, I do think WordPress is a great tool for podcasting and will continue to be so. Uh, and there are uh, various uh, plugins uh, uh, aimed at this and, and themes. I know a particular it. good one that sponsors this show. Right, right. I mean, that is a combination of plugin and podcast hosting company. Uh, and um, what could go wrong? What could go wrong? Yes. Uh, so there are there are lots of options, and I think that's good. And then the one I want I I figured you might want to comment on Jonathan was about the uh, designing websites to be easier for people with dyslexia to read. It was interesting to um, she did a good job. Um, yeah, you know, obviously I knew a bit about it, so she was doing the basics really but she did a great job so Vito you were there well some of the time you, he was mooching all over the place he was literally I was a bit reluctant because I was thinking I, I just kept thinking COVID COVID not being able to go to England COVID uh, um, I was a bit worried Vito about actually mixing with people but you just got stuck in I came to work you know I you came to work he was focused he was like a late he was like a Excel missile on target, aimed at a Russian tank. Uh, um, so, um, but what did you what did you think of the event? I know you were at their work. I don't know how many of the actual presentations, but what was your general feeling about WordCamp Europe, Vito? So I got to see one presentation, mine, which was <laughs> well, that was useful. Uh, and um, and I I caught up with a few of them after you know just like on the plane back and stuff. Um, I don't usually go to the sessions at WordCamps. I I'm like uh, I'm like the hallway guy. You know, I just walk around and uh, shake hands and uh, um, distribute COVID around. You know, uh, but um, uh, the event was brilliant. We were sponsoring for the first time at, at EU, and I was speaking for the first time. So personally, it was uh, like a really huge achievement, uh, and I got to meet a lot of people that I haven't seen in a long time. I got to meet you, Jonathan, for the first time, which yeah. was awesome. And we hung out a little bit. You even trashed we my did. booth uh, a little exactly. bit. Exactly, uh, I trashed. I trashed it, didn't I, Vito? You know. <laughs> I came back and all the cables were all over the place. Yeah, it was just everywhere. You did, you did. Well, that was Stephanie. I'll blame it on right. Stephanie. I'll just blame it on Stephanie. Uh, um, so, um, so it was awesome. And what I kind of felt is that 
back in 2019, I was doing the rounds, doing about a bunch of WordCamps. So you get to see the same people like month after month after month. And then it's been, what, like almost three years uh, since the last one. Uh, and it's the same faces, but everyone is just a little older, a little kind of uh, different, uh, which was really interesting uh, to see. Everyone is just a little bit more relaxed than how they were. You know, we're all just getting a little older. So that was uh, interesting to see uh, how three years just kind of uh, play. Um, one thing that was kind of um, not really surprising, but a, a bit of a... Uh, uh, something that came to mind when I was walking uh, the halls there is that everyone is like 35 and up. You know, very rarely you see young people um, uh, attending. And there were a few, but not that many, at least not. Oh, I think you were mooching mooch with the wheeler dealers, you know, which you were bound to, which is the older crowd. I kind of dug in uh, um, and there were definitely a younger crowd there as well. Well, especially right. the after party that went from eight thirty yeah. to five a.m., and uh, I think there were actually people party. Heather, they were partying till almost four thirty. Heather, disgusting, isn't it, Heather? So, Heather, it, um, obviously you weren't there, but you've been going to a few conferences. Um, well, Porto, yeah, I thought you had a really up, you know, had a positive buzz about it. I suppose. Do all these conferences, is it me, or do they have a kind of different feel to them all, in a way? What do you reckon? Or do you mean post-COVID work? or just in general? Just in general. Do they all have a kind of different psychic feel in some ways? Or is it just me? I, I mean, uh, you mean just people being at a conference versus... I, I'm, I'm not sure what you're asking. <laughs> I no, think different conferences, different conferences do have different vibes. Yeah, um, do, do yeah. they have a different vibe or... Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, every conference is a little bit different. Um, but uh, so I've never been the the stay out late party person. I, I no. wasn't that in col- college. I never, I, I'm not that no. now. I mean, there's no. definitely, like, I, there's definitely the people that do that. Like, even now, like, traveling with my husband to conferences, like, I mean, I peace out at, like, 10 o'clock and he's still going until, like, midnight. So, um, he, so, um, so American, Heather. Yeah, well, I mean, he's he's uh, he he's he drinks beers, so I don't like. So he'll no. like he'll go out to the clubs and do that. But like, I also will do the breakfast meetings, and he doesn't wake up until later. So I mean, it just depends on on the person. So like, I'll go out on the golf course and like hang out with the people playing golf and and do that. And like, he's like, nope, I'm, <laughs> I'm not for that. I, I, I can tell you, Vito's not into the golf. What I saw. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but I mean, it, it just so the the thing about the conferences though is just like Vito, I, like I I barely attend any of the sessions. I'm all about like hanging out with with the friends and going as a speaker. Um, I, like I've always attended conferences as a speaker. Like I don't go as an attendee because like you get to hang out in the speaker room. You get to hang out like at the speaker dinner. You go to the speaker activities and like you get to hang out with the experts and your peers rather than like the attendees who are like trying to hang out with the speakers. So, I mean, it's much better as an expert. And and if you think like listening to this, like, oh my God, I'm not an expert in anything. What do I have to share? You do, you have tons to share, like, cause you are an expert in the thing that you do and no one else does the thing that you do every day. Uh, so you do have something to share. And so think about it this way. If you can talk about something for an hour without even just, 
at least off the top of your head, then that's a lightning talk. That's a five minute lightning talk. If you can talk about something for two hours, that's a 15 minute talk. If you can talk about something all day without even having to look something up, that's, that's an hour session. So, um, that's really cool. So, yeah, I mean, like without having to do any research at all, most people can do at least a lightning talk. Well, I've got to tell you, Spence, I was really impressed with the great leader. You know, he did the end session and I forgot, oh God, I forgot her name. She did a great job. And Vito, I remarked to Vito, I thought some of the questions were really bonkers. I mean, absolutely bonkers. Yeah, you get some weirdos uh, standing up for And he said, Vito put, you know, he kind of slapped me in the face and he said, they're just enthusiastic, you miserable English shit. Uh, um, And uh, he said, brighten up, you fucker. Uh, uh, But I thought they were totally bonkers, Spence. But the great leader, Mm. he just took it as charm. He charmed them. He kind of massaged them. Uh, It was, I I was really impressed with the great leader. I've got to be honest. And, you know, you can send me the check next week, can't you, Spence? The, uh, you know, Josefa, who's the executive director, is really the implementation arm. I don't know, like the CEO. And he's maybe more like the chairman of the board kind of feeling. But the point is, he's very well practiced now and does a good job, I think, a great job, at maintaining his public composure, which, again, I think is necessary, but also... It needs to be managed against the feeling that it's almost like a sarcastic behavior because there was one point in the uh, public discussions where I forgive me, I don't know her name, but she was the woman with blonde hair who's in charge singularly of the documentation. And she raised the question with Josefa and Matt, like, why is it that I'm the only person on the planet in charge of documentation of WordPress? And the answer was, a, a very appropriate one for somebody who is taking that, you know, calm, but I'm not going to answer your question approach, which is something about phase four and this and that, whatever. But that's the problem that I think needs to be addressed is that your mannerism in public should be very professional. You're representing half of the internet websites through our software platform. But when you're speaking at a conference, Steve Jobs would never avoid that question. Steve Jobs would have a definitive, like, Here's why, A, B, C, D, and E. I sort of was waiting and hoping when that question came up that they have some plan. There's no plan. The plan well, he's not, is... He's, not, he's, he's oh, never going to be Steve. Be honest, he's I mean, never going to be Steve Jones. Completely opposite personality. I'm not saying he has to take on his personality. I'm simply saying we are beyond... I use a cruise ship metaphor, Okay. When we are all in a rowboat together, we can play it by ear to see what happens. When the next wave comes, we'll all row left, row right. Now we're in a cruise ship, and it can't be turned on a dime. It can't be started and stopped on a dime. The person at the top level, whether it's Matt or Josefa... You're you're also less likely to overturn it. Yes, but the momentum of it going in the wrong direction leads to things like hitting icebergs and stuff. So the point I'm saying is there needs to be a definitive plan for how we're going to move all these little hiccups forward. It's been three years. Here's another metaphor. We've all been on a bus. The bus has a flat tire for three years on the side of the road. The person who runs the bus company can't just continue to say, you know, hang on, we're going to figure it out. Wait another year or something, phase four, phase six. 
there needs to be like, we've called for another bus. It's on the way. It'll be here in 12 minutes. Let's do this, 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 and this. That was not the answer I felt we got. And I'm not using this as a criticism like it matters. What's going to happen instead is that the rest of us are going to call our own bus. We're going to do like that Richard Branson story where, you know, he was stranded in the airport and talked to all the other people and said, hey, would everybody chip in and I'll just charter a plane for us? Virgin Airlines was born. And I think that's the problem. Like if if top-down leadership doesn't solve these problems in a definitive way and give a plan, then the individuals who work in the space can just do it themselves. And maybe that's good too, because it doesn't have to be like, we're, we're doing it because you're bad people. We're doing it because we need it. And then when we figure it out, you can adopt it as the official thing. That's fine too. Yeah, so Heather's um, Stefessa, you know, and she had a hard job because she's got Matt Mayerweg and they're answering these questions. And I thought she did a great job. She was perky, but she was, you know, um, she was, you know, she had Matt Mayerweg next to her. I just, I just thought you were the right lady to ask this because how do you how do you avoid being labeled the boss the the girl boss also how do you avoid being labeled the perky not that serious babe um because you don't want to turn into a sterilized girl boss do you or you know whatever the term is but you you want to be treated serious. It's a it's a difficult one for a lady, isn't it? You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, I don't think that there's a problem with being the girl boss. What I think there's a problem with is people um, assuming that because someone is a woman, then uh, they aren't uh, educated or smart enough to be in the position. the The problem is uh, that people don't seem to realize that for a woman, well, actually most people do realize this for a woman to be in, in a role of like a CEO or whatever, um, like, or a CTO, (laughs) um, like women have to be like 150% better than any other person to get to that leadership position. So I think most guys actually understand that like most peers at that level, understand that for there to be a woman there she knows her shit so it's only an issue for like for assholes <laughs> um and or never in short supply yeah 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 so it, like so there's misogynists but i mean there's toxic femininity out there too like there's yeah. there's women who are just as assholey as as the men um so I'm not lumping men in this behavior. Like most CEOs out there, most CTOs, most most VPs, most all of that recognize that if they see like insert minority here in position of peer, that that person's probably better than them at their job. And if they're acting out, it's because they're they're scared that that person's going to do better. Um, but the thing is, insert minority here. <laughs> There aren't that many of them, and that's why they're minority. Um, so it's yeah, I, it's just that when she um, she's got Matt, you know, Matt, he looked more relaxed. He looked a bit more comfortable than when I saw him when I saw him on on the video when he was doing that New York. New yeah, York gig. he looked he, more. He looked more confident, more his old self. You know, yeah, because the, he has no. Uh, there, there's no ramifications. Like, there's nothing. If if anything goes bad with him, like there's no blowback. But 
if if anything goes wrong, like a, a woman, if anything happens, then it's her fault. If anything happens with a guy, uh, it must be the fault of like whatever else there is. So like, okay. I'm not sure so, I agree with that. No, no. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So if, if okay. So if a, here, here's a perfect example. So like if a man were to put a man into a position, like if a man promotes another guy that, and the guy like screws up, then it's the guy's fault. Not the, not the person that promoted that guy. It's, it's that, like that dude just screwed up. So like if, if I were to promote a woman, then it's my fault for like picking some woman that just couldn't do the job. It's not that woman's fault. Like, I mean, although she's like, she's incompetent or whatever because she made a mistake, but like, it's also my fault for trusting somebody that didn't do it. Well, yeah, well, I I don't want to say, what do you reckon, Spence? It's a bit. I think, I I think, I think Heather's correct about, and this is a topic we talk about. John Locke is obviously our expert here as well. But like, I, I find it, it troublesome to me as a capitalist, as a white male capitalist. I find it troublesome because I come from professional world of law and, and real estate and otherwise. And in government, especially as of late, there are exceptions to the rule here in America. But like for the most part, I would rather live in a world run by women because I think that they have a greater sensibility of like the bigger picture of why things need to be done. Men are driven by a lot of very weird, like dogs versus cats, you know, testosterone decisions and ego and stuff that doesn't align with the people on the rowboat getting the best results, right? Like we're all trying to row together. So from that standpoint, Josefa is exceptional. And I've indirectly interacted with her through my other partnerships and stuff. And she's never failed to come up with like a reasonable, intelligent, uh, you know, mature perspective on all the things. Having said that, I also agree that Matt is able to sit back, not because he's taking advantage of her, but because I think he really does genuinely feel that she's the better qualified person in the room. My critique of the executive board of WordPress is not to say she or him are individually responsible, but rather to say a corporation is a top-down endeavor and we are a corporation here now. We are no longer a whatever, a a Grateful Dead concert, like everybody just working it out. We are a corporation and we should act like a corporation. Even though we don't own shares, we're stakeholders as participants in this. And so there needs to be a response, just like at the Apple annual events of like, hey, we all are making our living here because of your products and your marketing and your direction. Give us some understanding of what exactly you're up to, not just like, hey, we'll figure it out. That's my that's my point. And I don't think that's in any way different than Heather's point either. You you can't lead like Salesforce's annual event. Sure, it's like a Las Vegas party, but it's to let the everybody in the Salesforce ecosystem to know this is what's going on. You know, here it's coming. So John, um well, you know, um Matt, you know, he, he kind of made it GPL, he made it open source he didn't really he didn't have to continue well you know you've been cynical i suppose you could say that was convenient because it got a load of people to do a load of free stuff but on the other hand i don't know what do you reckon john i'm rambling aren't i but i'm trying to be fair so Uh, no i mean it really 
feels, I mean, I obviously didn't go to the WordCamp here, but it definitely feels like this is what the community needed because a lot of people seem to be really energized after this. Um, yeah, I, the, the, the direction of the project is what it is. It's, it's, it's moving toward uh, integrating full site editing in addition to the block editor. Uh, but I agree with what was said previously is we really do need more documentation because that, again, all the independent developers and, and theme writers and plugin writers, they had documentation to refer back to. And that is a pressing need. Um, but yeah, I want to echo what Heather said too. I think Josepha is doing a wonderful job. Uh, and it is doubly tough because not only is she a woman, she's a woman of color. And, you know, the pressure is on. Um, but I think she's doing a wonderful job. Um, yeah, I thought she did great, yeah. actually. So, Vito, I thought the other thing, obviously, it's WordPress Europe. But the other thing that really stood out to me was how internationalized WordPress has become. You know, you had people from the Indian subcontinent, had some really people I know I've had on the show, sponsor the show. They, they really was a world crowd that that had come to Porto. Was that something that stood out to you, how internationalized the event was? Um, I kind of feel that it's like that day to day as well, working with other folks in the in the space and uh, you know with our partners, um, and even internally in my company, like it's very um, the, the the team is very very diverse, uh, and it's like um, and and I think that this is just like one of the uh, cool things or one of the things that uh, allowed WordPress to evolve so nicely because it's kind of like worldwide. Um, yeah, so you hang out with this guy that is uh, from India, with another guy that is from Texas, and another guy that is from uh, Serbia, and, you know, a guy from the UK, and it was really nice. And everyone is just talking the same language and the same uh, core values. Uh, so I, I really like that uh, about this. Um, I do want to talk about what uh, I, I want to kind of uh, uh, touch what Spence said about the... Um, the fact that the event didn't touch much about the future of WordPress as um, uh, there were discussions about the future of WordPress, but there were no like significant announcements or or like actual roadmap that was laid out in that kind of way. And, you know, I didn't really think about this, but it really is true because in all of these corporate events, you know, those kind of, uh, the, um, uh, you know, uh, I was I was watching the Adobe one a while ago and Figma had one and Salesforce has one and Apple has one and, you know. And yeah, I understand there was uh, some announcements at the Apple one that made people unhappy. Yeah, that I didn't watch yet. Uh, but I just bought the M1 and I saw the M2 is just released. So you can never and they win. won't be supporting the M1 anymore. Oh, my God. Okay, so this one goes wow. in. Yeah. Um, uh, but um, my my point is that I think there could be a lot more focus around communicating what's coming, uh, um, and I totally support what you're saying, Spence. I didn't even; it was so out of um, out of the the schedule or out of the the kind of event itself that I didn't even think about it, you know. And there was just like a two three minute video about version uh, the version that was just released six and that's it. Nothing about like um, this is what's coming and this is what's next. And this is what this and 
when it's a product that we're all uh, essentially building together, it's not about just announcing what we have now. It's about announcing what we will have next year and the year after that. Uh, so yeah, like a w, WDC, like Salesforce is about teams. There are some announcements about the software, but it's really just about like features and other cool marketing stuff. But the WDC with Apple, it's like literally, we, you got to tell you what is coming up because the secretiveness of how they develop stuff does surprises like this M2 thing. In WordPress, I realize there's a lot of uncertainty, but one of the things that, again, like I'm pledging and trying to make clear this year and all the stuff I've been doing the last couple of months is like, here's the solution. The, us here in this like community, we can all talk between ourselves and figure it out. So Josefa and Matt, Automatic and their team of employees don't have to figure it all out. We can all help figure it out, but but you need to be more open to things like there was a conversation going on about the five for the future, and there's several posts this week about it, and a lot of the developers finally kicked back and said, it's not really good or fair when you say objectively, well, five for the future is is maybe this and maybe this and not this and maybe this, but not specifically saying it because a lot of people contribute in their own ways, like, we're constantly building things into the, the documentation of our own plugin. We're constantly doing events. So taking a stand is essentially what's necessary or allowing the rest of us to create our own list of here's the, here's the agreement amongst ourselves. Because the in-between is that the bus is on the side of the road for three more years. And like we can't afford that financially because our customers are, are being offered other things in the SaaS space that are really good onboarding, really good alternative. And WordPress has a, a wealth of things we could fix really quickly. If we just could agree, somebody's going to say, yes, this is how it's going to go. And, and I don't think it's, it's not like taking money out of any one person's mouth uh, and putting it or pocket and putting it in others. It's just saying, we can't just not do anything about it. Yeah, I, I see what you're when it comes to that, like, uh, for example, Contributor Day, um, I don't know if you guys had a chance to to attend any of these. Uh, I did quite a few, and then I kind of stopped because I felt that it's really not productive. Uh, um, basically, the way that it's structured is that out of the day, you pretty much have like two hours of work. Um, the rest is just talking about it and assigning teams and... Uh, and then assigning tasks within the team. And then you have too many people working on the same tiny task. And then you go to lunch, right? And then some people come back from lunch, but not everyone comes back. So then you need to reassign and reorganize. And, uh, you know, so it's um, hard to set up anything that you can do within the span of a day and actually get something done. Right. And I've had, I've had a couple of contributor day events for my meetup and often what happens is, you know, I've got people who are um, answering questions in the forums or doing um, transcription for videos or, or things like that where, where you can get into it relatively easily because the actual code stuff is so complicated to get set up uh, that by the time you're ready to start, you know, the day is over. Well, it was a bit... It was kind of bit linked to the answer and question section. The, the solution to everything seemed to be from Matt and Melissa. It seemed to be, well, set up a Slack group. Well, we're going to set up a Slack group. That seemed, that seemed to be the answer to literally every problem. We're going to set up a Slack group. What do you reckon, John? Bye, guys. I'm sorry, but I have to go to a meeting. But it was great to oh, see you. Bye, well, you 
So, John, what yeah, do you reckon? Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's tough to get stuff in a day, done in a day, you know, organized and, and heard, you know, a whole bunch of cats all at once. Um, but, you know, in the past, it, it makes people feel like they're doing something and part of the community and it inches forward. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it's a terrible thing. Uh, by any means, I think it's a good thing. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go. I'm going to yeah. go into recommendations because I think Heather wants to be off, and then I'm, I'm going to put some more questions, and Heather can decide she's going to stay or or go off and do some executive things. So let's start with Heather. You got any recommendation for the tribe, Heather? Uh, yeah. So um, my background, as uh, some of you may know, is in uh, aerospace engineering. So I've been playing around with uh, 3D printing lately, and uh, I just wanted to uh, recommend if those of you are looking to get into 3D printing, uh, that you look at the Flash Forge Adventure 3D. Um, so it's a really easy uh, 3D printer to get uh, started with. And uh, yeah, so the Flash Forge Adventure 3D. Can you make body parts from it? Like uh, not on that one. No, this one no. just does plastic, uh, wood, and um, metal. So, I might but, need uh, some new parts. Um, <laughs> do, do, uh, <laughs> God, uh, I wish I hadn't said that. There, uh, um, yep. so can you push? Can you make sure you put that in the Slack channel, though, Heather? So, um, Sally, have you got a recommendation for the tribe? Uh, oh well, my uh, my recommendation actually is related uh, to something we've been talking about, which is documentation. Uh, uh, the WordPress documentation, especially for um, some of the newer stuff, is uh, certainly not complete. But there are times uh, when you will learn something useful for, from it. Uh, and I needed to do something for a client involving changing uh, where the uh, you know uh, thumbnail sizes were cropped. From and in fact, it's right there in the uh, developer docs on WordPress. Is how you can uh, uh, tell it to crop the image from the top left instead of from the middle uh, when you need that done. So, uh, uh, documentation is a good thing to have, and I I do think it's kind of a lame excuse to say, "Oh, phase this, phase that." You need documentation all along and everywhere, but we run into that problem. Uh, as we do that, like people don't want to do the boring stuff. Uh, and also, of, of course, the folks who write the code may or may not be any good at writing documentation. Well, they're probably not, are they? That's the basic fact of it. They're probably not the ones to do it that well, are they? No, Sally? You're not going to remark on that statement? All right. Yes. Well, Can you make sure move, you put Let's move on. Yeah, yes. that's all right. Just put a link. I'll put in, the so. link to that specific page in. Yeah, that'd be great. So, Spence got a recommendation for the tribe. Yes, I have the pleasure of starting a representation of a um, a really well known guy who has come out with a new product. Is Wooter Van Lent, and the product is Shop Warden, and essentially it is a service that is used for anyone who has a WooCommerce shop who is concerned about testing that their stuff is working, monitoring that it's working, and being able to immediately do stuff about it. So for anybody who is beyond the initial stage of starting up a WooCommerce product or shop, 
This allows them essentially to literally, there was another plugin years ago that tried to do it but couldn't do the whole thing, but literally test all their checkout sales funnels and monitor whether the site is working and it gives you a dashboard and notifications and stuff so that you don't have to go to bed at night wondering like, I have you know a sale coming on and whatever, and my shop is not working. And for anybody who's doing WooCommerce, this is a really interesting thing. And it complements another plugin we've talked about here or service um, called Metoric, where mm-hmm. that actually gives you a deep dive into the data. And what we're doing now is a lot of concierge kind of consultation because these kinds of tools work intimately with WordPress and WooCommerce. And if you're using the one, you really kind of benefit from the other once your company grows. So check out shopwarden.com. It's free to try. And I'm actually, like I say, representing them. So there's a lot of things I can answer for you directly. Well, I'll put it in. I'll make sure it's in the sh- I love the name. It's a great name, isn't it? I really it's a great name, yeah. It is. John, have you got a recommendation? Yeah. So my recommendation is another podcast. It's in the WordPress space. It's from the wonderful people at Master WP. And it is... Uh, Press the issue. And there's two episodes out so far. And both of them have been uh, extremely um, provocative, uh, insightful. And uh, I urge you to check it out. That's right. My recommendation, thank you for that. Make sure it's in Slack, John. My recommendation is Porto in Portugal by Tastic City. Um, lovely people. Even the, even the beggars were polite. Did uh, you have um, a lot of sardines? <laughs> no, I didn't. I had a lot of sweet sweets. You know, they're big into their cake, Heather. They love their cake. Very strong coffee, but great vibe. Um, just a lovely city. You know, roamed it. I did walking all over the place. Like I say, even the um, taxi drivers and the beggars were friendly. What more can you say? And the drunks. Even the drunks were polite. So a bit different in San Francisco, to say the least. Uh, <laughs> that's good. I had to say it. Um, well, um, I don't know if any of you, do. You, are we going to continue? Got a couple, or do you want, you want to go off? I, I, I have to go. Right, yeah. right, you two go off, and I'm, I will... I will say Happy yes. anniversary. Thank wow. you. Yes, Thank congratulations. You. Yeah, I think we better end it, folks. But Sally, John, you've been with me, I think, almost six Since years. Since like 2013 or something? A, a long time. Around Honestly, 14. like the, around 14. Uh, yeah, it was pretty close. Like, I think Sally was like right before, but you came and grabbed me uh, from the meetup, you and Bill. Uh, crazy bill, <laughs> crazy yep. bill, crazy. Two thousand fourteen, and uh, gotta say thanks because uh, yeah, definitely ma- yeah, made it's a difference. Been, it's it's been a great time. I, I always enjoy it. Uh, well, um, I just want to say that um, to the tribe in general, to all my guests, for everybody who's come. You know, I, I'd hope to get Morton on the show, but um, you know, he had came back from his own travels. And he was just really busy this week. Um, but I've had some great guests, had some great panellists. I think we've had some fantastic um, panel shows, um, great interview shows. It's been a blast. I, I really love talking to people and podcasting in general. Um, I think I think with the right bit of luck, I, I don't think the 
the end of the glory days of WordPress are upon us. I, I think with a bit of luck and some goodwill and some decent management, I think the possibilities for WordPress... I was a bit concerned um, about where things are going, but um, I don't know why, but after Porto, um, I've got a little bit more enthusiastic about the whole thing. And because um, it was quite amazing to see almost over close to almost 3,000 people from all over the world come to Porto. And I'm not going to overdo it because some people overdo it, um, which you could see in some of the questions put to poor, poor Matt. Um, <laughs> um, but on the other hand, you can be a little bit too cynical. So I'm attempting to find the right balance. But as a as a conference and an event, um, I give the organisers of Word, WordCamp Porto um, almost not nine out of ten. And um, you can't say more than that, can you? So I'm going to end it now. Thanks, Tribe, for keeping Yeah, so, Someone's it. children are uh, uh, <coughs> screeching Scream. in the background. Yeah, yes. I'm trying to cut you out. They're a bit noisy. They're not my own. Oh, well, so they're children. What do you expect? Yeah. There we go. And Tribe, we'll see you next week with another great roundtable show. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. Why not visit the Mastermind WordPress membership group on Facebook? And if you want to keep up with all the latest news on the podcast, visit wp-tonic.com forward slash newsletter. We'll see you next time.